Can you hear me here? I can I can hear you. Yeah, I think we're going to be good. If not, you can just ruin the whole podcast. And I'm not going to get any more listeners. Um, <laughs> welcome to the Dr. <laughs> Vincent Buscemi podcast. I have the best guest I've ever had, Dr. Stephen Barrington, <laughs> San Diego. Where are you originally from? Do you feel stuck on the financial hamster wheel? You keep paying on your debts like mortgages, car notes, student and business loans, but they never seem to disappear. My name is Dr. Howard Polanski, former dentist, now founder of Cashflow Coach USA. I guide families and business owners through a simple system to dramatically reduce your payment towards debt. You keep your same lifestyle and keep more money each month. A recent client will pay off their house in just seven months instead of the anticipated 20 years. Free 10-minute discovery call will determine if I can help you too. Go to CashflowCoachUSA.com, scan the QR code, or call 512-608-1020 to find financial freedom faster. Are you tired of using ineffective cosmetics and personal care products filled with harmful chemicals? Meet Ancestral Cosmetics and our range of highly effective products rooted in ancestral wisdom and made with edible ingredients such as beef tallow, olive oil, and raw local honey. Check out our best-selling tallow and honey balm for soft and smooth skin or our revolutionary tooth powder made from eggshells for effective teeth cleaning and whitening without any toxic ingredients. Free US shipping for orders over $50 and you can shop now at ancestralcosmetics.com. Lodi, California, Northern California. Okay, and then San Diego, Southern California? Yeah. So when I was in the Navy, we got introduced to San Diego, and my wife was like, we're coming back here when we're out. I said, all right, let's do it. What's better about San Diego than where you're from in California? Uh, man, if, if it was, honestly, if it was up to me, I probably would want to be up in the foothills in Northern California. With a little bit more land, some chickens, some animals, kids can run around, slower pace of life. Uh, but San Diego summer, going to the beach, being at the pool like every other day, that's really, really hard to beat. Um, I don't know. They all—they both have their pros and cons, but um, San Diego is just so damn expensive that sometimes it feels difficult for it to be tangible yeah so let's just say you have a three thousand square foot house decent neighborhood what's the price of a house in san diego oh my god three thousand square feet you're probably paying 1.5 wow okay and you live you said before the podcast you live in a ten thousand square foot house with a private air (laughs) (laughs) it's 11 oh oh, yeah the basement i I totally forgot so yeah. you're in yeah, a absolutely. very expensive city. Do you feel like yep. the patients that you have in your practice are squeezed so dry everywhere else? They put your dental services mm. lower, like willing to pay for it. That's a good question. It's kind of all over the spectrum. Um, I'm lucky. I'm lucky enough to be in a pretty affluent area of San Diego where a lot of people um, have lived here for a long period of time and they're established. Um, but even within that, there's a spectrum of people that do even better. And then people that don't do as well, um, people that are retired and then they have a little bit more things to take care of and their funds are a little bit thinner than others. Some people put a bigger nest egg. So 
the thing that I can say is I stay really busy, but I'm not always presenting like the, the implant as like the end all, you know what I mean? I'm saying implants, the best thing you can do to replace a missing tooth. But, um, if you can't do that, there's the option for a bridge. There's an option for a partial. There's an option for a flipper and there's an option for nothing. Like I want my patients to know that whatever they value is what I'll do. You Isn't know? it crazy that you look at someone and then this is so cliche, but you think like, <laughs> Oh, they can for sure afford this, or they can't afford this. And their actual finances are totally different than what you thought. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely some individuals that come in like really beautiful Mercedes. They're dressed to the nines, but they're living paycheck to paycheck. And so dentistry doesn't really take a priority to some of the things that they need done. Um, where some folks, they come in with an old, you know, 2003 Camry and they're ready to drop on a brand new Invisalign right now. Cash. That blows. Like I work in the fluent area as well. And like, you have somebody who's like, has a Ferrari and yet, and yet they don't pay their bills. Yeah. So either like they don't respect you enough to pay for the treatment or, or they can't afford it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, it's hard to say though, because, um, there are some people that cash flow things really well too. Um, and, what we do if like on all on four cases, uh, I work with a surgeon and they have everything just lined up perfectly and they finance it. Um, and they can spread those payments out pretty well. Um, but there's a lot of inheritance too, that people can utilize for themselves. I don't know if that, if you come across Huge. that as well, like, yeah, my, my mother just died and she inherited, I inherited something and I'm, I'm ready to do this case. Now. Yeah. That's my area is like my grandpa invented this. So I've been, I've been ready to do this mm. since I've been three. <laughs> They invented the Cadillac converter <laughs> exactly. up in Michigan or exactly. something. Exactly. Or they're the CEO of Cadillac. So <laughs> Yeah, or or they're they're the CEO yeah, exactly. of stealing Cadillac. Let's back up a little bit. Um I I know your yeah. whole backstory and you have such a good message of struggle and success or struggle and triumphant. And I wanna get into it because every time I interview a young, handsome dentist and people know that they also struggled, my audience loves it. So only to what you're comfortable <laughs> with, but let's back up. Yeah. Graduating dental school okay. and kind of walk me through yeah. the first couple of years of the career in your Navy and like what happened. Yeah. <clears throat> so the Navy career was awesome. Um, I got treated really well. I think I was built for it, you know, like I enjoyed um, – going into the military, wearing the uniform, wearing it proudly. Um, you know, I, I took staying in shape serious, uh, not being like somebody that had to get taped every time they went in for a personal fitness test. Um, I, I took wearing the uniform right and being shaven and, you know, high haircuts and uh, looking clean. Um, and then I took my job very serious as a, as a dentist that I wanted to become the best dentist that I could. So I did a lot of rotations where, in the Navy, you can choose to do an AGD, GPR, or a credential tour. I knew for my lifestyle with my family, I was going to do my four years and get out. And so if you do what's called a credential tour, it doesn't add a year to your timeline. But during that, you can make it a residency, essentially. So I did about a month uh, rotation in endodontics, a month and a half. And then I did about a month rotation in oral surgery. Uh, and um, I did a few cases with the periodontist, like with crown lengthening and such. Um, but you can, I got to kind of a la carte what I wanted out of it. 
And then I just kind of kept proceeding with that. So when I was at Camp Pendleton, um, I was at a really nice clinic where my first assistant, she was a dentist from the Philippines. And so she had a lot of experience putting hands on people and she pushed me to do things and be better. And she had tricks up her sleeves and she could kind of get me out of a rough situation. Cause that first year or two as a brand new dentist, it's tough. Like you're scared, you know, you don't want to hurt people. You want to make sure your dentistry is going to hold up. Um, you don't want to go outside your comfort zone, but if you're, if you're not going to do that, then you're not going to progress in your career. Um, but luckily I had good mentorship and people that could bail me out if I ever got stuck and in the military, you're surrounded by specialists. So that was always something that you could rely on. And then after Camp Pendleton, I went to Lemoore, um, and Lemoore, there was nobody comfortable doing endodontics. And so then I, I almost took that as like another little residency where I was like, I'm going to open every tooth that comes to me. And if I can't finish it, then I'll refer it to the civilian dentist out in town and they can complete it for me. Or if I find every canal and I get patency on it, then like I just learned more and more. And so I opened up pretty much every tooth that came across that needed endo. I saw a lot of different morphology and anatomy and I kind of understood like axis is everything. Um, and then we had with the only specialist we had there in Lemoore was uh, an oral surgeon and he was just awesome dude. Um, Dr. Candlewall, and he let me come in and like help him with whizzies, um, help him with bone grafts, help him with implants and such. So I learned a lot from him as well. So when I got out, I felt pretty superior compared to um, some of my peers, not superior. I shouldn't say that's a, that's a poor word, but um, I felt a little bit ahead of the curb. Right. And so when I got out, um, I felt like I had a lot to offer clinically. Now, rewind a little bit back to Camp Pendleton uh, at my church. I'm Greek Orthodox and there was this gentleman who was a dentist there and people introduced us and about a year and a half of uh, being at Camp Pendleton, this gentleman approaches me and says, Hey, what's your plan when you get out of the Navy? And I'm like, I don't know, like probably go back to Northern California. He's like, Oh, that's too bad. It would be nice if you stuck around here, you know, cause I, I want to retire one day. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, what do you have in mind? He's like, well, we should do it. We should talk about what a transition would look like between us. I said, okay. Um, and I went by his practice, checked it out. He's, he was kind enough to show me P and L's and I thought, okay, this is a healthy practice. This will create a good lifestyle for my family. Um, he's a well-known figure in the community. People trust him. So I'm going into a, a goodwill, um, that's healthy. And, um, when I got out of the Navy, <clears throat> we had this whole plan. I was going to come down it's going to be like a year and a half associateship thing um, before we did the transition. But that bullseye target just wasn't really definitive and he wasn't really willing to make it definitive. And this is at the time when it's 2021, it's August, 2021. It's like one of the most expensive times uh, that San Diego has really experienced. Cause when I, when I lived in San Diego, uh, the house that we rented 1700 square feet was like $2,800 a month. And that jumped up to $4,000 a month by the time we moved back. Cause we, we talked to the landlord and said, Hey, you know, what, what are you going to rent it for? And I was like, Oh my God, that's crazy. You know, like, uh, for that size of the house, I can't, I can't do that. I need something bigger. I need something cheaper. Well, um, his timeline didn't work for me anyway. By the time I got out to move down, he needed somebody else in his house sooner. And we shopped around and we put probably like eight offers in on just rentals and we got outbid on nearly every single one of them. And then we finally 
found a townhome. And again, I didn't want to live in an area that I wasn't comfortable with. I wanted to live in a nice area, but not like Rancho Santa Fe, which is where all the movie stars and stuff live. But I wanted to live in a nice area that I felt my kids could be comfortable with. The schools would be healthy for them. Um, and we found a townhome that was listed at 4,200. And I was like, okay, like I can probably make this work. I'm playing with my calculator. Um, and then we put the offer in and the people come back and they're like, well, can you do 5,000 for two years? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Cause the other people are, the other people are offering 5,000 for one year. And I'm like, dude. And, uh, and I think we're like two weeks away from moving to San Diego and I still don't have a house. And I'm like, just freaking do it. We'll figure it out. Like whatever it is, we'll make it work, you know? And we get down here and uh, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, we got to have a tight budget for the first couple of years as this associate gig's going. And I'm only working two days in this gentleman's office. And then I'm working two days in another office that a Patterson rep got me with. And um, when I get there, it's like, there's no room for me in either of these practices. They're slow as far as uh, an associate's needed. Um, my The secondary office, there's days where like I'm only seeing Let me ask you a question a real quick. On, on uh, the original guy, when you said you worked for him and there wasn't mm-hmm. a definitive date, when you started, did yep. you ask him for a date or did you both kind of go into it saying, we'll figure it out as we go along? <clears throat> I think I naively just trusted that he had good intentions for me uh and not so much for only himself and he never really put a target he's like oh i don't know like we'll see year year and a half i don't know we'll see we'll see it just kept seeing we'll see we'll see and i think there were things that we disagreed about um like as far as like the pandemic and covid kind of went you know he was um he was very stringent on how he ran his office and very stringent on how I talked to patients and stuff. There were times when I was doing a new patient exam and I saw him kind of leaning in and listening to how I was talking to the patient. Um, And then he would review my treatment plans and the x-rays and the CBCTs and revert my treatment plans to the way he wanted them done, even though I was the one treating the patient. So what is something that you would say that he would listen and go, Steven, do not talk like that? Um, he never approached me and said, don't say that in front of the patient, but he was always just trying to chime in and listen. And he would always say, this is how I do it. This is what I do. You know, when I come in, this is what I do. This is how I do it. And, um, he's like, oh, when I, when I have the patient in the chair, I, I take the photos into the four photographs that I take, you know, and this is what I do. And he just thought his, he just thought his way was just like, oh, it's so good. It's so perfect. That's the only way you can do dentistry. You know, that's the only way people will understand what you're trying to convey. And I just had my own style. You know, I, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't close to not learning. I wanted to learn and become better, but, um, it's hard to teach someone when you're like trying Mm -hmm. to put a collar on them. You know what I mean? And, uh, this, the other thing was he, he gave me, he hired this gal that wasn't an assistant. She was a DA for like three months. He didn't take any time to train her. She was basically a sterilization tech. And then when and, um, when she got with me, she was not very good chair side. There would be times when mid-procedure I'd ask her for something and she kind of looked at me cross-eyed and have to go find it and come back oh, with something different oh like five gosh. minutes later. Yeah. 
Um, and so that was extremely stressful. I told him things that I needed to do. He didn't do root canals in his office. I said, I need these things to do root canals. He's like, Oh, well, can you buy it? And I'm like, dude, like I'm your, you're going to be taking that. Yeah, exactly. And so he bought me a few things and the only thing I had were like hand files, uh, and like some old gutta percha that he got me. And I'm like, no, no, no. That's like, this isn't the list I sent you. You know what I mean? Like, and then one day, uh, the Patterson rep that set me up with, uh, the other office, that's how I knew him is because he worked for that guy as well. He's like, Hey, like, how's everything going? He really good guy. His name's Tim flood. Shout out to Tim. Tim's an amazing guy. I owe him a lot in my life. Um, Tim's like, Hey Steve, like, what do you need? Um, is everything going well? I'm like, well, I really need like endo supplies. If I want to make better production and provide more for the patients in house and like make myself known for doing that, I need this, this, and this. He's like, okay, don't worry about it. I was like, well, run it by the big guy first. Cause I know how he is. And one day I just come in and I got all the supplies on my desk and I'm like, Oh, okay, nice. And I, I look at, um, the dentist. And uh, I'm not going to say his name on the podcast, but I say, oh, thank you for getting me uh, this stuff. And he's like, he's like, yeah, next time you go and buy this stuff, you should run it by me. And I'm like, what? Like, I looked at him and I was like, I would never, ever do that behind your back. Do you think I'm that kind of guy? You know, I was like, you know my character pretty well. I would never do something like that to where I would put you in a bad spot. Or, and, dude, it was like maybe, a, you know, $1,000 worth of supplies. You know what I mean? It wasn't well, you'll make back crazy. in one root canal. Uh, oh my God. It's a, yeah. He doesn't have, he didn't have that kind of mindset. You know what I mean? Like when you, when you talk about buying a CAD cam machine and you look at your lab bill after the fact, and you look at your work too, after the fact, and you're like, dude, my work's better than what the lab was doing. And, uh, my lab bills less right now. Like that makes sense. Right. And I'm paying back this machine. He didn't have that mindset. And so, um, and he still had a blue cam, Really the first one <laughs> and he just loved... <laughs> i think the red cam was the first one but the blue cam dude i think it was a nightmare um but long you know kind of getting through it i just wasn't happy um he came down on, on me with a patient a new i was i was with a new patient i was talking with him i was getting along a little bit and uh i think i like went five minutes over and I had to go into hygiene real quick. And then ne the next patient was kind of an anxious patient, but it was just like a DO on like 14 or something like that. I still remember. And he comes, he pulls me aside. He's like, he's like, can you watch the damn schedule? You got this guy in the chair over here, sweating bullets. You got hygiene waiting on you. Like, this is your schedule. You got to manage it better or something like that. And I just kind of like gritted my teeth. And I said, I just kind of gave him like a yes, sir, sort of nod. You know, I wasn't about to have that kind of moment. And, uh, I, I sat on it for a couple of days. And one thing we would do is we would meet like every other week during lunch and just check in with each other. And I told him, I said, Hey, like, is that how like you kind of do things is like, you talk to people like that, you know? Um, cause that doesn't work with me. Um, especially when I have an assistant that's not keeping up with me. Um, and you know, I'm trying to work on my goodwill and the trust with patients. They already know you, they don't know me. And so I have to spend a little bit extra time with him and things are going to work out. Like at the end of the day, we get out on time. I get the patient out on time. I know how to turn it on. I know how to get in and out with the hygiene. I know how to get in and out with the DO. Um, and I just told him, I was like, that just, that just wasn't cool, you know? And he didn't really take a lot of ownership of it. He was like, oh, yeah. that's how he talks. Like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. And, uh, 
And then it got to a point where I'm like, this isn't going to work. Like I'm, my income's going like this because I have no, nothing on my schedule pretty much. I'm not the most aggressive dentist. I don't diagnose everything under the sun. I say, and that's the thing is I work on goodwill first and foremost. So I'm in this brand new office. I don't want to burn any goodwill. I'm going to be the dentist long-term, hopefully at this place. I'm going to show pictures that I see and I'm going to say, hey, you might benefit from a crown here. You have a couple cracks on this large amalgam. If you want to do that, you know, we can. Um, if you want to see how it goes next year and if it progresses, we'll address it at that point too. And um, so I wasn't, I wasn't doing the most dentistry in the world, but there wasn't, a, it wasn't a busy practice. It was only like maybe five days of hygiene for two dentists. You know, he was there four days. I was there two days. So six days of dentistry to five days of hygiene. It wasn't enough, um, especially for me to provide for my family. Then the other office was a fee-for-service, cosmetic-based niche office. Um, and he only had two days of hygiene. And he was working two days in another office. Wait, the, the owner and, was working uh, that in another other office op- too? Yep. So his his plan was basically to get into a bigger office in La Jolla that was like prized for cosmetics and that and it was just this big huge practice that he had an opportunity to take over. So the practice that he had that was smaller, he needed somebody to kind of babysit it, I think. And he thought maybe I would be interested in taking it over after him. So then he could go and do his thing and then I could you know, streamline my career like that too. That's how he thought. He wasn't ill-intentioned or anything, but um, I think he just had hopeful thinking. And uh, I was so slow there. Um, you know, there some days like the only patient I get was like a new patient or just someone that I diagnosed fillings on or one crown, you know, nothing crazy. Um, or just that random endo that came in that needed it. He just did a veneer on somebody and the patient ended up being sensitive. So I, we had to do an endo through through it, whatever. Um, but between the two, my income was going down. I was in the most expensive place in my life. I had a baby on the way. Um, I had my number three baby on the way in December, 2021. And, uh, I was stressed out. So let me ask you this real Um, quick. So incomes going down, expenses is going up three kids. Yep. I know your wife doesn't work. Yep. What is circulating in your brain? What are the thoughts that you're having? Like, holy shit, what's happening to me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I was ready to throw in the towel. I was like, we need to get out of San Diego. This isn't going to work. We need to just give up on the stream like right now before we implode. And then we ruin our futures and the futures of our kids. Like, I don't want to go bankrupt to the point where like I'm a slave to somebody else's trade. I want to be a business owner and I want to dictate my own future. And if we stick this out, that'll be gone forever. Were you angry? And were so, you mad? What were you? I think I was resentful. Of who? Um, because <laughs> uh, I at time, that was probably one of the hardest times for me and my wife because she really wanted San Diego. And we're from Northern California where it's a little bit cheaper and we have a little bit more family support, right? Um, especially like to be around for the kids to be around family and such. And so with that in mind, I resented her a little bit for wanting to stay here and make it work. And I kept telling her it's not working. I don't want to stay here. Um, but she's, she, she's a very strong willed individual. She has a lot of faith and that things will work out if you persevere and you stick to your guns and you, you hold your character. 
And, um, and I did, and thank God I did. And thank God I have a very strong willed wife who got me through that really hard time. But there were moments where I just kept telling her, like, you are creating this problem. You know, it's not, it's not the other dentists or it's not myself. That's not, or it's just not the situation. You know, it's like, it's like you're creating it because in my mind, I'm thinking, well, we can control what we can control and we should control this in another city or another area. Um, So that was where my mindset was. And given my wife's like seven months pregnant at this point, like that's not a very good husband. Right. And she's, uh, she's got three kiddos, two that or one that she's taking to school in the mornings when I'm off away at work. Um, and then she's taking care of the other two at home and I'm stressed up the wazoo thinking that I can't make ends meet. I feel like a failure of a, of a father, you know, for my kids that I can't provide for them. Um, so then I'm like, okay, I need to look elsewhere. Then if we're going to make this work here in San Diego, I need to look elsewhere because sticking it out for a year and a half like this, it won't, we won't even last another three months probably. Um, we're just dipping into our savings way too much. And then if I dip into my savings, I can't show the bank that I have cash to get a loan. Right. Um, so then I'm like, while I have cash now, let me find an office. And it took me a couple of weeks and I found one here in San Diego that was going to cash flow. Well, uh, she was doing bread and butter dentistry. She was fee for service. And, uh, the, the bank was like, Hey, like you need like, a, like a little bit more money. In you the bank pers- to get you need loan. more money. In the I bank. think I had like, yeah. Yeah, I think I had like, at that point, I maybe had about 25K left in the bank. And they were like, it'd be nice if you had 50K to get this loan. I'm like, okay. I put the tail between my legs. Uh, I didn't have the best relationship. I don't have the tightest relationship with my parents anymore. That's a whole nother story. Um, But um, I went to them and I said, hey, like, I know we don't have the tightest relationship, but I want to get my family off to a better situation. And if you could float me this money, I can get this, this practice, you know, and I'm just, I'll just give it all right back to you uh, as soon as, as soon as we close on it. And uh, they were grateful enough to do that without any stipulations. They said, okay, like we want to help you. Here you go. I was like, Oh wow. That was easier than I thought. It was pretty nice. Um, Got the loan. We're going through due diligence. Um, As soon as I got the loan, I told the other guys, I said, Hey, um, just so you know, like I've been looking elsewhere. I got a loan. I got approved. I'm going to buy a different office. They both (laughs) fire me. Like immediately. (laughs) Uh, so the, the guy that I was supposed to do the transition with literally right there goes, he's like playing with his glasses. I still remember he's playing with his glasses. He's like, Oh, okay. Well, it's probably better. This is your last two weeks. And I'm like, and I kind of like wide eyed him a little bit. I was like, can I work until I close on this office? And he goes, uh, no, no, I don't think so. I'm like, okay. Um, just left it at that, whatever. The other office at least let me, um, finish out like a week. And then he kind of called me and he's like, Hey man, I'm sorry. Um, I just, just with everything going on, I think that I can't, support you for a few more months given what I want to do. Um, and, or uh, well, not a few more months, but like another month of pay given that we're slow and that you're going to be out. And he's like, it's probably better if you just cut ties now. And I was like, okay, at least you hit me a little bit softer than the other guy. Uh, but I was, I was like, Oh my God. Okay, cool. So I'm unemployed now and I'm trying to close on this business. 
And now we're trying to get this lady to put a target date on our clothes. And she's like, okay, end of November, right after Thanksgiving, we'll close. Perfect. Awesome. Brokers on board, um, due diligence teams on board. We get everything done. We're supposed to close. She's not signing the papers with the lawyers. Like, what, what is she not signing my papers for? My lawyer, Cecilia Chen, she closed on this office for me too. But she's like, I don't know what's going on. Let me figure it out. Like, I want to figure out what's going on. Come to find out she's not okay with signing um, the clause to not compete or the clause to not treat patients of the practice. That's what it was. She And Cecilia protected me in the regard to where if that seller went to another practice, um, because in California, you can't do really do a no compete for the most part, unless, because um, it's just too saturated, but you can't draw patients from that practice, right? And so she protected me by not allowing the seller to draw patients from the practice and the seller wasn't okay with that. I'm like, well, aren't you trying to retire? I don't get it. Like, why doesn't she just do it? You know? And uh, she's like, I don't know. Like I'm trying to work with a lawyer, the other lawyer. Um, he, he's a pretty well-known guy. I don't know if I'm, if I'm allowed to don't, say if he, his name. If he's a lawyer, don't say, say his my name. Lawyer's name. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, but uh, I ended up calling this lady. I had her number. I called her and I'm like, and she didn't answer. And I left a voicemail and I'm like, I'm like, please, you don't understand. Like, I think there's a mis- mis- miscommunication. Uh, let me, let me at least explain it to you and not have your lawyer explain it to you. So I think there's something being dropped here. You know, like this is a clause not to compete and a clause not to touch the patients of the practice. Uh, you have to agree to that. And she wasn't agreeing. And then, so it gets pushed out another month. Now our close date is December. And um, they're like, they're still working out. They're still going back and forth. And I'm like, dude, what the hell? And then my consultant, um, her name um, is Jean uh, St. Louis. Dude, there, she she like would check in with me every week. And there was a moment where she's like in tears for me because she sees that I have no income for two months now. Christmas is coming up. <laughs> um, I don't know like where my money's going, you know, and if I'm going to close on this business. And, uh, and then I got a baby coming in December too. And dude, she was like willing to like, give me money. She was like, can I give you like $500 to help a little bit? <laughs> I broke down crying, dude. I was like, no way. I can't accept that. You know? And, uh, but it just shows you that there's good willed people out there. And then it got to the end of December and, uh, she still didn't sign the paper. She still didn't want to close. She wanted me to amend or like she wanted my lawyer to amend that rule. And I'm like, dude, what the hell is going on? And then I found out after all the back and forth banner, her PPP loan, she didn't set it up properly. Um, and it's unforgiven. And uh, she's got about two hundred to $250,000 that she owes back to the government instead of having it forgiven. So she's going to walk away from the deal with less and she can't retire. So she still needs to work on top of that. Uh, she was a C corporation instead of an S corporation, even though she was just like herself. And I think like three hygienists and two assistants, one friend, like very small organization. So she was going to get a weird tax issue when she sold her business. Um, so there was just so many stipulations that she had against herself and poor business moves on her part affected me. And, um, she wanted to move the close date to February and still work in the office, 
uh, not as my associate, rent-free as her own business entity. And I said, no with her effing way that's going to happen. Yeah. I was like, no yeah. effing way that's going to happen. Um, I said, I'm out. And I'm like, I had to pay my CPA. I had to pay my lawyer. I had to pay my consultant. I had to float my family for that time. That money that my parents lended me, it's gone. I was supposed to give it back to them. So now I failed everybody around me. Um, and I, again, put the tail between my legs, put my ego down and I'm like, I got to find a job like right now, who's going to hire me five days a week. So I can just be busy, you know? And the first thought I had was I got to go corporate. It's not what I wanted to do. I know that they do things a little bit differently than what a private practice would ethically, morally, business wise, whatever, but I did it. And, uh, I started January 10th with them. And, um, I just needed to make money for my family and I pulled the plug on the other deal. So now I'm in with this, uh, this organization. Um, and again, I won't say their name. You did not. Did I say their name? I got to ask you a question here. So so my audience knows this. I was down to like 10,000 bucks. We have a very similar situation. I wasn't working for three months. Yeah. When you look at your account, Steven, and you see sometimes like, four digits left, five digits, 10,000. What are you thinking when there's that lower reserve? Cause I know exactly what I was thinking. I know what I was thinking. So I'll fast forward it to a month and a half at, at this corporate office because I'm, I'm at this corporate office. They're changing my treatment plans to where like I had this lady that I could have pulled a tooth with, with my finger. She couldn't afford the bone graft. She's in so much pain. Her face is swollen and she couldn't do it. And the office wouldn't let me pull that tooth unless I did the bone graft. And, and, and they're like, you're not going to make any money off it. I'm like, at this point, it's not about money. The patient's in pain. She's got a huge infection. She needs this tooth out. It's like, let me just take it. Like maybe she'll refer people to the office because I took care of her. And they're like, no, 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 you're not going to make any money. Don't you want to make money? I'm like, I'm like, dude, this is not about money anymore. Like I'm, I'm dirt poor at that point and I'm willing to do free dentistry essentially because it was an HMO situation. Um, so that gives you an idea of the place that I was working for. This place is also like anytime they pull a tooth, instead of doing a flipper, uh, like for, you know, 350 bucks, they're diagnosing Valplas for like $1,200 and the patient has to pay for a Valplas fee. And it's like, no, 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 they should be getting this. They're only going to have it for three months before they get the implant. You know what I mean? It's just, so things like that, just slimy things. So many things that were going on. Um, so yeah, there were, dude, I was so unhappy with, with my work because it was, they were unethical and I was fighting with them on that. Um, I was unhappy with my income because I wasn't providing for my family. Um, we have this newborn now and, uh, you know, life at home isn't easy because it takes a lot of effort you know, for, to get my son to school, to take care of the other two, and then I'll take care of the newborn. And then my wife's, you know, she's not sleeping because she's nursing in the middle of the night. There's just so many aspects now. And I'm like thinking to myself, and this is like really, really hard to say, and I, you know, I'm saying this in a public uh, stance. Uh, I've told people in confidence, so I haven't told it on like a public platform, but you know, there's, there's, I think it's a, th- it's a thought more than like, I'm going to carry this out, but it's a thought. And you're like, oh, like, well, I have a million dollars in my name if I, if I go, you know, and you, you kind of think like, 
okay, you know, if I hit this guardrail and it looks like an accident, would my family be better off without me? So I feel you, man. I feel you. I know it's tough. Yeah. I thought the same thing when I was at like zero. I had to go to, I I feel you. So people that are listening, I know you feel bad saying that. I'm telling you, Steven, there's people listening right now that appreciate you saying that because people like me and you have talked about it publicly, but you're helping everyone listening. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, before I got to that point, I'm like, how could anybody get to that point? Especially when you're a, you're a husband or a father. Uh, but you don't know until you're like, you're until you're in it. Uh, you just feel like you're so deep that there's no way out. <clears throat> but, uh, but there's always a way out. And circling back to Tim Flood, I talked to him about, talked about him earlier (laughs) and I told him about that and he's like dude I need to get you out of there right now and uh, he set me up with five different offices to interview at and he knew that these offices were going to provide he's like these are busy offices they're not ownership opportunities this is pure associateship but this is going to get you on your feet and provide for your family and you're going to be in a better situation where you have autonomy and you can do dentistry the way you want to do it and uh, set me up with five different offices. And one of them actually was almost going to consider doing like a partnership down the road. Um, and then the other one wasn't considering a partnership, but actually it almost developed into one at some point down the road too, uh, while I was working there. So I get out of this corporate office, finally making an income where it's like going positive. And I, and no joke, dude, it's, it's the end of April, 2022. And I had like $500 in the bank, I think. <laughs> and we just baptized my baby. And a lot of that money went to the baptism, you know. And uh, I got this new job. I'm working for this great guy in Carlsbad. I'm working for this great dentist in Fallbrook, California. And I'm splitting uh, two days and three days. And they're busy. Um, there's a lot of goodwill. Um, I'm able to do the dentistry that I feel is right for the people and that's helpful and that I can go to bed at night and sleep and know that I did the right thing. And now it's like, okay, like I can finally breathe and I got that lift. And then I, that's when I started saying like, wow, there's always a way out, you know? And I attribute it. I started, started to get religious for the people that aren't, but like I attribute it to God. I attribute it to my wife. Um, and my family and the people around me, you know, they, they, they stuck by me. Um, and, uh, and people, people believed in me and dude, Tim flood, dude, thanks for getting me out of that. Yeah. Sorry. I'm so emotional. It is not terrible. I have walked that path and I just remember when I finally got my practice and I had more than 500 bucks in my account. I was like, holy shit, there is a way out. So I think yeah. what you're telling people yeah. is that there's always a way out. If you're religious or not religious, just keep thinking that because there 100% is. And yeah. you did it. And now you own your own practice. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so it's, it's May 2022. I'm working for these guys. Um, the the gentleman that thought maybe a partnership was going to work out 
he, I think, just got kind of scared of how the economy was going. And about at the six-month mark when he was supposed to make the decision to let me buy a part of the practice, he was like, I can't do it. Thank God for the Fallbrick office that they were like, dude, we're so busy. Can you be here five days a week? And I was like, yeah, definitely. Like, it didn't work out there. I'll be here. Things are still good. I was still making an income that was working just fine. But him and Carlsbad not offering me that partnership was like, okay, I have money again in the bank. I need to get myself out of the employee situation and get myself into the employer situation because I can't let people keep dictating my life. It's happened to me where I was in San Marcos uh, and they relieved me. I was in Encinitas and they relieved me because I told them I was going to buy that other office. And then the other office I was going to buy backed out of the deal because they didn't have their funds set up. I was, again, relying on other people. Uh, and then, you know, relied on that corporate office to take care of me. That didn't work out. Relied on this other guy to do a partnership with me at the six month mark. That didn't work out. Um, and he was willing to carry the note. Like it just sounded, sounded perfect. You know, that's when I realized I need somebody who's just ready to retire and get out of the way, you know, for, for the most part, I respectfully, I mean that I still let my seller actually work for me one day a week. He's an amazing guy. I, I love having him around, but uh, he let me take over. He was like, he was clawing at the bits for the close date to happen because he wanted out, you know, he was ready to retire. So it's what January, 2023. Um, I put I, this broker, Jonathan Ingalls. Um, he knows what I'm looking for. And he sends me a text. He's like, dude, I found the practice that you want. I'm like, all right, let's, let's see what we got. We've got three hygienists on Monday, two hygienists on Tuesday, three hygienists on Wednesday, two hygienists on Tuesday or Thursday, and then two hygienists on Friday. And Friday we work until 2 p.m., right? So, I mean, that's it was roughly about 11 to 12 days of hygiene a week. So that's to one dentist. If you kind of do the math on that, that's like 25, 2,600 patients roughly, active patients not even just not including people that haven't been in in two years that you need to reactivate. So I'm like, wow, that's a lot of folks, you know, um, like how's the practice doing? It's, it's doing, it's doing healthy. Right. Um, and then I look at like the procedure list and what he's doing. It's like, it's just fillings and crowns. There was maybe like one or one or two endos. There was no OS. There was no Invisalign. Um, there was, is pretty much bread and butter dentistry. I'm like, wow, this practice is, is net positive. It can cash flow debt. There's more patients than I know what to do with. This is the deal that has to happen. You know, it wasn't it wasn't quite the area that I imagined because I thought we would be more central or North County San Diego, and I ended up more uh, like San Diego proper by San Diego State. Um, and in the community of itself, when you look at it, there's San Diego State on the other side of the eight, and then the eight is this east and west freeway. And it's this big geographic feature. If you go on the other side of the freeway, it's a completely different culture than what it is on the north side. And I'm on the north side of the freeway, and literally, it's just neighborhoods for miles. And I'm the only business uh, in this community. And then on top of that, the only dentist within, like when you speak of this side of the freeway for about almost like two miles. It's, pretty, it's very rare, especially in San Diego. So a lot of the folks depend on us. And the gentleman that I took over from, 
just had so much goodwill in the community. He was like into Kiwanis and lots of um, uh, community service. He was known for being a conservative dentist and giving people options, um, standing by his work. And, and that's kind of what I wanted to come into was we're like, like I was saying earlier, you know, I come in, I see a problem with a tooth. Obviously, if you have an infection, like you can't get around that. If you have a cracked tooth um, that's falling apart, you can't do much about it. But it's like, you know, you have a large amalgam with a few silvers. Take a picture. I would want to do a crown on this. When you're ready, let me know. I don't twist anybody's arm. I don't bait and switch people. I don't throw a graft in where like on a freaking 17 wisdom tooth. You know what I mean? Like, I don't. I don't just code things to code things. I don't do that. And I try and meet people's demand with what their finances can allow. Um, and that's what he did. And so finally found the situation that was going to provide for me and my family. Uh, got the loan. Uh, my brother-in-law floated. Again, I got I got enough cash, but then he floated me 15000 just just to Is like this your wife's brother? Enough. No, this is my, my wife's wife, twin okay. husband. Right? So like not even blood related. This guy... We was like, hey, man, I want to see you succeed. Like, here's 15K, right? And uh, got, and then that got me the loan. As soon as I got the loan and I closed on the practice, I, get, I was able to give it right back to him. You know what I mean? Thank God we were able to finally do that. Um, and day one, the staff was so, like, on my side and on my team and ready for the transition. The seller, same thing, just, like, handing the goodwill off and the torch and, letting me make things the way I want to make them. And, you know, I gave it time before I started introducing changes. Like I didn't introduce CAD camp to the office until like a month ago. Uh, you know, I did a lot of prime scan in the military, I had prime scan in one of my associate gigs with Carlsbad and Fallbrook. And so I got a lot better at, uh, at my stuff. And I'm very, like, I have a lot of pride in my dentistry that I want it to be like I want Dennis to look at my preps and I want Dennis to look at my, my work and be like, damn, like that's pretty good, you know? Um, so I'm getting to that point where I, I want my patients to understand that I give them that kind of care. And so far, uh, we've done better than what the, the seller has done in the last three years. And that's literally just me saying, you need a filling here, you need a crown here. What about an implant here? Partial denture, complete denture whatever you may be. We've done a few all in four cases because there are those situations where it's like, I don't know how to put you back together unless you did this, but it would be a lot better if you thought about doing it with implants and you can think about financing and such. And people are like, yeah, cool, let's do it. So we've done a few of those cases so far and it's just nice, man. Um, ownership has way more pros than an associate gig. But there, there does come headache with it, right? And I'd say the hardest headache is just making sure that everyone gets along. That's probably the hardest thing uh, is that everyone gets – because honestly, like, I can pay the bills. I can figure out what to do with the business. I can figure out how to grow it. I can figure out how to scale it. I can figure out how to get schedules going and systems in place. But um, getting people to get along is really hard. That's the hardest thing. But I wouldn't trade the it for abs- a thing. The human element in all aspects of life is for sure the hardest. Steven, when I hear this, the word that pops in my brain is fortified. I'm not sure how you feel about the story. Mm. I think from beginning to end, you walk through hell, but look at what you were able to get to. Cause like what your wife said in the beginning, if you hold your character and hold your vision of what you want, you'll get it. 
but the but the the price yeah. you paid was high, but you were able to afford it in character. Because look at the people that helped you. Because they believed it. If you yeah. were a piece of shit, your parents wouldn't give you money. Your brother-in-law <laughs> wouldn't help you, but you're not. So what a message mm. to your almost five kids to say like when dad had yeah. no money left, he didn't bend on his morals. That is like, you can take that yeah. right to the end, man. That's such an inspiring. This is my favorite kind of story. A guy like you. Absolutely. Thanks, man. What a good story. And now all you got to deal with is caddy hygienist and the temperature of the office. <laughs> uh, that's so funny actually my hygiene team is amazing man i love it uh i i have i have an amazing team i'm so blessed dude um i'm just i'm so blessed to be in my situation but yeah you're right uh i i'm successful because of the people around me but and not to speak to myself on this but like i'm not an i'm not an asshole i don't burn bridges i don't hurt people i don't i don't I don't cheat people. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm a very honest person. I'm an on, I'm honest to a fault. Some people would say you're too honest. You're going to get hurt. And it's, I, I don't know. I, so far it's worked out for me and uh, people take care of me the way I'd want to take care of them. And I, and I don't, I don't do it. So people would take care of me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I don't do it. So you can scratch my back too. I just, I just do it. Cause I know that's the right thing to do. And when I go to bed at night, like I know that I didn't hurt anybody. And I didn't do anything purposely vindictive. Um, you know, when I, again, in, in my faith, being Greek Orthodox, I talked, when I talked to my priest and I talked to him about what I struggle with, you know, I'm very honest with him about what I'm doing wrong and what I struggle with. And he gives me advice um, on how to get through those aspects in life and how to stay focused on the true values of like what our church teaches us about being simply just being a good person, right? And staying away from the bad thing. So um, all together, man, everyone says, oh, like, how are you liking the office or how are you liking life? And it's like, dude, I'm just so blessed. I'm so, so blessed. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'm doing great, you know? Or like, oh, yeah, like, I, I deserve this. It's just like, there's times when you might get this sometimes too. It's so good. You're like, when's the bad going to happen? Yeah. You know? When's like, what's like in the, being a dad, you look at your kids like, dude, it's too good right now. Please God. Like yeah. <laughs> continue to be good. Or, or you whatever know? you throw my way, <laughs> give me the strength to walk through it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just have mercy. I'm telling you, man, so, your family, it, your patients, they're very lucky to have you and to know you because most people, when they have 500 bucks in the bank account, they throw the bone graft in 17. They do the veil plast. They code mm -hmm. one more extra surface. They do one more unnecessary thing. But all in all, you never did that, and you're still standing today. So I really appreciate you being so transparent this entire time. Definitely, brother. Oh, Thank yeah. you for having me on. And, dude, I, I, I mean, I don't know if anybody's listened to Vince's podcast um, back in May – uh of this year was that may of this I year is episode 70 i forgot what month it was yeah dude that was that had me I, <laughs> that had me in tears for you man just hearing about what you were going through and just a lot of it all at once sort of scenario too and so i it's funny when you and i connected how similar we are 
with our, our values and um, the way we approach dentistry and the way we approach our family life and such. And so I'm very thankful that there's gentlemen like you out there doing the same thing, uh, speaking high of others and, and praising people in this community. Cause like, I don't know, it's, it's funny how in dentistry people kind of badmouth each other. And it's like, dude, like you should never badmouth like each other. You know what I mean? Especially cause I've been in those situations where it's like, wow, this was a really hard case. You know, I don't know how it's going to turn out. And then you see somebody else's case that didn't turn out well. And you say, oh, <laughs> yeah, that guy right. sucks. Like, no, he, 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 pro- he, there's a chance that he or she probably had a really hard time, you know, and patients like, yeah, that dentist didn't know what they were doing. I'm like, I'm like, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I bet they knew what they were doing. Uh, they maybe just had a hard For time. Sure. Let me ask you this. Cause you know, you've been a dentist just as long as I have. You like, you look at a tooth on a patient that another dentist messed up. And when you were younger, you thought, Oh, easy. I'll go in and fix it. And then you go in to fix it and you're like, oh, I'm on yeah. a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, dude. So that is one thing. Young Dennis, dude, your predecessors know something that you don't know. And if there's a reason why they're watching yes. something for a long time, there's a reason why, dude, you're getting, you're getting into Pandora's box sometimes. Do not get into Pandora's box. I have a, I have a lady here that I just saw yesterday. This happens on occasion. She's 86 years old. Her teeth are falling apart. Um, if I were to go in and replace any of that dentistry, it would not work. I would remove so much decay. There wouldn't be anything left. I'd throw a post in, and that post would last a month. You know what I mean? Like, right now, I touched all the restorations. They're not wiggling, despite the amount of decay in them. I'm like, are you skipping meals? No. Can you smile? Are you in pain? No. Okay, this is the way we're going to approach it. You come and see me for your hygiene visits a little bit more frequently to keep them as clean as possible. You know, like, let's get you on, um, like, either, like, hydroxyapatite or high fluoride content, some biotin, some xylitol, like, hydration, et cetera, et cetera. Brush after every meal. Keep a toothbrush in your purse. Um, but whenever something breaks or you're in pain, that's when we're going to touch you. But right now, like, I'm going to leave sure, it alone. Because how many – I mean, I have this patient in my mind now. She's, like, 92. The, what's the alternative? All on X? She's not doing all on X at 92. <laughs> yep. That's a that's that's yeah. my only alternative with her is an all on X. Steven. It. And it's not dude, yeah, for Dude, instance. this was yeah, perfect. Brother. Just tell people where they can find you. Like either your Instagram or your social security number, anything yeah. that they can get a hold of. <laughs> <laughs> so Vince's yeah. social One, two, three, security four, five. is uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh you can so if anybody wants to give me a try as far as dentistry goes, I'm in Del Cerro, San Diego, California. Uh, my website is drbarringtonsd, as in San Diego, .com. And uh, my Instagram is also on, along those lines. So you can find Stephen Barrington. Well, it's Stefan Barrington, DDS, um, or Stephen, Dr. Stephen it, Barrington, it, SD. It's Stephen, so S-T-E-P-H-A-N. Yes. Yes, sir. Good. You're the man. All right, brother. I'm sure we'll talk. We'll talk yeah. soon. Thanks, brother. All right. Talk to you All soon. All right, man. Take it easy.